was the inspiration for the. Oh, that'll sound great on the podcast, Tim. Yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> One more. Tim, stop it. Tim, stop. <laughs> Tim, ow! Tim forgot to take stop his hitting yourself. Stop today. hitting yourself. No! Put your shirt back on. <laughs> and now he has a chainsaw. <laughs> I'm cutting off Bill's head with a chainsaw. <laughs> So off the back, can you pull your mic just... You got such a boomy voice. No, I don't. You made us clip. That was a, that was the spring. Oh, okay. My bad. Jack. <laughs> it might have actually been the streak. Okay, guys. I would listen to a podcast of just Larry setting up a podcast for like a half hour once hey, a week. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Will you marry me? <laughs> I get a little I mean, more intimate kind of every time. Format. It'd be like a... It'd be, It'd be like an unusual storytelling medium, like how Welcome to Night Vale is like all news reports, right? We could like have this ongoing implied plot told mm. through Larry's uh, podcast. But it's now. me falling in love with our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first is, hey guys, welcome to the show. I can't wait to go on our first date tonight. And then I slowly lead into a marriage, a divorce. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe we rekindle our long lost love and a second marriage. Sounds right. wow. So somebody needs epic. to somebody needs to explain why we're not doing this already because this is genius. <laughs> okay. So last week we did this little thing called marketing hero, and it was a little wacky. It was a little out of this world. We thought, why not try it with real scenarios? So just to recap, some of the ones last time were a little bonkers. I think I did something like a shampoo turning people's hair green, and you had to decide how to spin it. Rebrand as a dye. Yeah, and. It, it's not easy to do that. Um, what did you guys think about that? Do you think you killed it, or was it too too challenging? It was such an out-of-the-box problem. That's not something you can just come up with an answer to on the fly. Yep, you know? I screwed up. <laughs> it's okay, Larry. We're not. It was fun. It was fun to try. Yeah, but it's a cool idea, and I think we're going to try it again with a couple more realistic uh, situations. So do you guys want to jump right into it, or yeah, any, some- anything bugging you you really want to get off your chest? Raquel, anything? Uh, Tell no us what Tim. you were saying earlier about Matt. Uh, no, Tim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Valid. Right. I, so, I see it. <laughs> something that you can do is, obviously, I can't go through. These are not real companies. I can't like go through their portal and tell you everything about them. But pretend like I'm like a, a dungeon master of sorts, and I know everything about what's going on with these I'm a, companies. I'm a bard. I, I always play a bard. Cool. Charisma classes. I don't actually know anything about right, it. Continue. I'm a, I'm don't a make D and D jokes girl. if you don't understand D and D jokes. Larry. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just gonna get right into it. Anyone can jump in. This question isn't into anyone particular. So if you feel like you have a good answer, just just hop along. <clears throat> Excuse me. A SaaS company who produces seasonal bike tires for serious riders has come to you for help. Their customers love their product, but they are having a hard time converting more customers. They have a huge following on Instagram, and they point all their traffic to their website. The problem is only about 1% of their traffic buys anything. How do you help? Can I, can I actually yeah. ask for more background? Sure, sure. Yeah, I was going to start with a question. Also. Oh, start with a question. I, yeah. Go. No, go ahead. No, Tim, no you, you actually, go. Just, just no, you, actually, with... Tim, you go. All right, Raquel well, actually raised her hand Okay, like I'll start with it for a little more background. Mm-hmm. Can we go to the first thing you said about them being... 
a SaaS company and bike tires? Great yeah, question. So, so what, what's the product we're focusing these on? These are serious riders who only want to get like two rides and change their tires. And only like super professionals. This is a hypothetical company. Obviously, it's not a real company. But, but it's bike tires, not a want, SaaS product. It is, though, because it's a subscription that you Got get it. the tires every like month. You get a new set of tires. Tires. A new set of tires. bike tires. Exactly. Cool. All right. My, my question was going to be, what, what do people do when they land on the site? Because if only so many are converting and actually buying bike tires... Is there content they're consuming on the site? What what are they doing there? So are you saying you'd ma- you might want to set up a page. heat map and see what people are doing on that homepage to okay. try to diagnose it first? I, I get what we're doing now. Yeah, that would be that would be step one. Yeah, sure. I would also do kind of a, an audit of the site and see what kind of content they already have. Just look at the messaging on the homepage and each each level of the site to make mm-hmm. sure if it's not converting, even though the people that we want are going to the site, there's probably some disconnection there. Mm. And what is the CTA from Instagram or whatever it is, if they're just going to a page on the site, they probably need a landing page that addresses whatever they were looking for, what prompted them to go to the site from the post or ad. So maybe they're not matching, do you think? So Mm -hmm. something that's really interesting on the Instagram account doesn't seem to line up with the messaging on this uh, homepage. Mm -hmm. Or... Is maybe uh, the homepage the wrong place to send them? Yeah, I was going to say that. It's not really a best practice to get any kind of social or paid ads to go to the homepage because it's too broad. There's too many places for them to sort of veer off in the direction that you want them to take. So have like, I think a nice that's piece the of- answer I was thinking in my head when I wrote it. Is I that think maybe you guys just missed my whole thing about the landing page <laughs> matching up with surprising Tim mostly. <laughs> First, you hit her with a hat. So if we're building their landing page coming from their Instagram account that people seem to love, what, what might you have on that? Say that Don't all speak at once. No, say that. Say that again. If you if that were so, we're redoing these guys' whole strategy. Uh, we decided we're going to do a landing page instead of going right to their home page. What, what are we going to do on this landing page to help them out? Well, we're going to make available whatever it is we promoted in the post. Yeah. So whether that's a piece of content, uh, scheduling a demo with someone, so a fitting, I, whatever. I have all the answers, remember. So the posts on Instagram <laughs> that's getting them there. Yeah, what is the post from Instagram? It's just a product video that people are really enjoying. It shows, it's an explainer animation that shows them, oh, get your tires every month. But then they get to the homepage and they're just like, whoa, this is not what I wanted. So on the landing page, we need to have the video, but isn't there something... We're not giving them anything but the video. Don't we want to try and capture their email? Maybe a free trial. That's a great to the thing. subscription. All right, it's a little bottom of funnel. Maybe there's something like like Raquel said more. Right, is the ask too big to go right into their? Uh, you, you know, they might not want to buy right away. Maybe we're getting them into something that's more around like an ebook or mm-hmm. why you should change your tires. And maybe it's a download about why you need to change your tires every month. Mm-hmm. Actually, I like that a lot. Piece of content about why it's necessary to change your tires if you're a professional rider. And that does what Tim <clears throat> says, where now we have their email at least and we can, <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Started maybe nurture them a little yeah. bit. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so once you've got their information, you can just start emailing them weekly with some great content and stuff, helpful things that they'll like, and get them engaged and warm them up. 
Mm. Cool. I think I'm going to move on to the next one. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before I move on? I just want to say that bizarrely, your tone really does sound like a dungeon master, and it's it's just it's very strange. You'd actually be good. Maybe DM, I miss. Mary. Okay, so I'm going to divert real quick. Should play some D and D. I got invited to play D and D with a kid from my school, and my dad wouldn't let me go. <laughs> yeah. So I never got to play. Why wouldn't your dad let you go? I don't know. I didn't ask much the because the kid was kind of a goofball, anyways. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Can I do, do this?" And when I, I arra- <laughs> when I arranged a game in middle school, I had to print out all these articles and give them to my friends' parents because I went to a Catholic school, and at the time, people still thought D and D was devil worship. That might have been why I couldn't go because I also <laughs> went to a Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> the articles worked. Okay. All right. Next situation. <clears throat> I can't stay on top. A local coffee shop is blowing up. They have lines out the door every day. They have even bought a new warehouse to mass produce their secret coffee recipe. The only problem is they have no online presence at all, other than a Facebook account the owner made one night when he was bored. How do you start selling online and grow an audience? So, uh, because this is a coffee shop, I assume that all their sales at the moment are brick and mortar. They don't Mm-mm. have... Everything's in... Like, they're only... They're seeing profit, and just everyone loves them. Like I said, lines out the door, and they need... They think the best next step is maybe we can sell online so we don't have so much foot traffic keeping us, like, not getting to all the customers in time. So... Honestly, the very first thing I would do would be build out their other online presence. Like, get them on all of the the various local SEO uh, data aggregators. Get them on uh, get them on Google Maps. Make sure that their Facebook page is is up to date with their correct contact information and location. Like, really get that stuff locked down. Um, <clears throat> and I say that because if they want to sell online. Uh, they'll gain some credibility by being able to show that they're a part of an existing community, that they have an audience, they have people that swear by this. They can say, you know, they can really sell it by uh, their presence in their current community. Uh, so that's where I'd start, personally. Very first thing. Cool. That doesn't guys- actually go toward selling any coffee, but... What, is it coffee roasting? The space that they have is for coffee roasting? They're They're bagging their actual coffee there. I, I don't. I'm not a big coffee guy. Like I don't know what that's called. But basically, it's that they're, they're making they're the bags of coffee and they're going to ship out of this place too. So they're ready for the mm. online world. They just don't know what to do. They just hired you three to do it for them. But are they already selling coffee locally? They are. So they're getting a lot of sales for the coffee, but for like mm. let's say the already brewed coffee. But they're getting just as many, if not more, people coming in buying bags of the coffee. So, so that's start, what sparked this idea. Since they have idea. a huge brick and mortar following, they need to get a shop set up, and then they can start offering their face to face customers perhaps a monthly subscription, so that they have the coffee mm-hmm. at home as well. Start promoting online with content to you know learn to brew the perfect cup of coffee, yada yada, all the things that we do for educational content and get people to start. I think a subscription model would be great for a company like this because they're going to have consistent product. Mm-hmm. Especially right? with those you need local people, again. you can at least get those people to commit to it. They don't have mm-hmm. to come into the store anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, an idea I just got from this that I didn't have when I wrote it, <laughs> wrote this is, you know, digital, digital is one thing, but traditional signage in the store might even be my first step. Yeah, yeah. that's actually a really good thought. So if, if the store is doing so well, that's why they want to expand. And assuming they want to expand not just to 
um, you know, not have a line out the door every day, but also to expand their geographic footprint too. So what I think would be important is you already know that you're killing it with the locals, but to expand geographically, you need to find a way to get your name out there. So I would, it might even like incentivize your existing customers in the store with, to share, like you get a free cup of coffee for every time you share a link on to their website, to someone on your email list or something like that, mm-hmm. just to get them to, to send it out. So like, you know, if this, if the coffee shops in LA and I have a cousin in Boston who would love this coffee, share it with them. Otherwise you're not going to get that find a way to get that out to the you know different geographic locations. What that makes me think of is that third uh what is it the sprocket now that HubSpot does? Yeah. The sprocket is um and I'm embarrassed it's not What's the word? The flywheel? Yeah, flywheel. Thank you. <laughs> the yes. Sprocket. It used yeah, to be like, the funnel the and it's no longer the funnel because it's always oh, right. rotating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the delight stage, I believe, is it still delight? Mm-hmm. What Tim just said is great because you have the people who already are in that delight stage. They can share it for you and really help that that following grow. Yeah. I'll tell you what, too, talking about expanding the geographic footprint, uh, finding out if there there are a lot, especially now, of multi-roaster coffee shops, coffee shops that curate their uh, their roasting. Actually, Black Market Coffee, which is kind of near the web canopy office, is a multi-roaster shop. They bring in guest coffees all the time. Mm. Uh, would actually be entirely possible, especially if you're blogging, if you're creating content, to build uh, connections with those shops out of town and distribute your coffee to them. Um, get people tasting it, uh, bring in people for that uh, that subscription. That rules. I like it. So my, my last question before we move on is, so at, at our office, obviously we're big HubSpot fans. Would you suggest they get into HubSpot this coffee, like, do you think even a coffee company could, like, absolutely, yeah, if they're selling yeah. online, absolutely, they, they're just starting online, and I think how cool would it be? Like, we we talk to so many clients who have to migrate from like a hundred different, like they're using Mailchimp, they're using uh, Pardot, whatever it is, and they have to migrate it all to HubSpot. Could you imagine a company that's already doing well, just getting started, and already like? Clean slate, clean slate, and HubSpot. We've never yeah. seen that, have we? Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing. maybe. I'd even say, man, put a put a uh, put an iPad in your shop and let people sign up for the mailing list. Oh yeah, game. just yeah. let it let it be. That's it a great idea. Be a form that feeds into HubSpot right there. Do it while they're waiting in line. Love Heck, it. you can even tie that to a uh, to a frequency benefit. You know, ten cups of coffee, and mm-hmm. you get a free cup of coffee. All we need is your email address, and there you go. You build that out real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Hell yeah. Yep. Awesome, guys. That was my favorite one. I don't even want to read the third one. <laughs> Let's do it anyway. But I will. <laughs> it's cool. We're just going to judge you if it's not as good. Oh, I know. <laughs> CEO Jason Hardrock runs a hot new tech company. <laughs> Dude, I want, my name to be, I want my name to be Jason Hardrock. I don't. I'm kidding. I don't. Uh, he just obtained funding. And they already are coming to us as an agency with 20,000 contacts in their CRM. They haven't heard anything other than a newsletter nine months ago. How does he start jump-starting and getting things back in action? So a re-engagement campaign. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So how, cool. many, how many people did Look, you say it was? He has 20,000 people that haven't heard anything in nine months. He'll do yeah. a one-off email to maybe 500 people he knows are maybe 
uh, at an event that he's done or something like that. I, I think that's something that we see a lot. Yep. Um, I want Matt to expand. What would you do with your reengagement campaign? Well, uh, I would first of all, I'd have a good conversation with uh, with Mr. Hard Rock uh, about uh, what kind of content would be beneficial for his his following, such okay. as they are his his dormant mailing list. Uh, really come up with something that would be useful to a large number of them, uh, and honestly, just set that behind a landing page, behind a form, send it out to him, promote it a bit in the email, and uh, and try to get him to download whatever that piece of content is. How many times do you think you would, uh, or how many different emails, or do you do you want to talk through like any strategies you've done with your clients of like maybe hit them with two uh ebooks and then a do you want to meet or i mean that's a bad example but do you have any like good strategies you guys like to do or uh, maybe our content strategist has something to say about this (laughs) well it i mean it of course depends on the situation but i would probably approach the twenty thousand just a little bit differently because okay wait let me help you on this i'll say he's gotten ten thousand of these contacts at trade shows and events uh, either by buying them or by scanning their badge. Okay. 5,000 have came in through the website and just showed genuine interest. Hmm. They're real leads. The other 5,000 were part of his old business that he used to do, <laughs> and he has then just collected there, and he didn't want to get rid of 5,000 contacts. Can you blame him? Well, so <laughs> to uh, to what I was going to say before, this is ex- exactly the kind of thing that would want to know and have a conversation with Mr. Hard Rock about is what all the sources of these are, and is there a way that we can first segment them into different groups? Because if they're from a lot of different places, a lot of different periods of time or events, they're probably not going to be interested or respond to the exact same thing. Mm. So try to do some kind of segmentation up front and then tailor re-engagement campaigns based on that. This 5000 from his old business, I would just have to say, I'm sorry, there's, this is not relevant anymore. <laughs> maybe they'll find you maybe again Maybe it's using one up day. a little too much space in your CRM right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people, like, they really want to hang on to, but they got someone's card. They had a great conversation two years ago at a show. And, you know, that's if it's something that you is someone that you find, you know, you're having a hard time letting go of that you really want to connect with, that's when you just send them a personal message. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's really anything there, but a list of people from an old business or that you haven't talked to in forever, you know, that that's that's not it. So I would first segment, send a re-engagement campaign. You looked like you wanted to say something. I just wanted to say, can we as a podcast coin the term contact hoarding? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> holding on to old contacts that I like are literally hoarding. not helping you. Yeah, the, I mean, the idea behind the segmentation of, of this, we want to, of course, do a re-engagement campaign because you want to get people interested, but also one of the main things you want to do at that point is clean that list up. If you've got 20,000 people who've been sitting dormant, you need to figure out who even needs to be receiving information from you, who needs to be taking up space in your HubSpot account, all that jazz. But I think either way, that all is done with a re-engagement campaign, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tim, do you have anything on this? Uh, yeah, I want to build off on what Raquel was saying, if that's all right. Go ahead, Tim. <laughs> Thank Permission you. Um, so <laughs> just, just, just to add on to the, the cleaning up the list at all, I mean, it, that's the most important thing because you want to – a lot of times clients kind of look at like, okay, we got this re-engagement email and giving people to warm up and opt into you know future messaging. And if they don't, um, that's okay. And if they unsubscribe, they see it as a bad thing. But like 
bring on the unsubscription because those are people who are self-identifying that you know don't want to be part of your funnel. You don't have to like guess like who's going to be a good lead or not. If someone's not, if someone's not going to buy from you, let's let's get it out of the way now. Tell us now. Um, and I think also an important part of that that I don't really think we've touched on is, I mean, it's tough with 20,000 contacts is a lot, but as much as you can, identify and, and mark them appropriately in HubSpot, whether they're an existing customer or not, make sure their life cycle stage is correct, mm-hmm. whether they're employees, that's an easy thing to just you know search by email and name and just making sure that you're kind of excluding all these people. So when you start sending out you know lead nurturing emails and um, content offers and that kind of stuff, you're not sending like you know things to people that shouldn't be getting them. Um, like one example that we use all the time is if you've got like a, a new thing for potential buyers, like, you know, buy our SaaS product in the next, you know, 24 hours, you get 25% off or something, right? Um, if a customer gets that email, that's not meant for them. All of a sudden you got a hundred thousand dollar contract and they got that email. They're expecting $25,000 off now and you can't not give it to them or you kind of have a very unhappy customer. So being able to segment those lists and identify those people as much as you can is, I think is super, super important. Thanks, Raquel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're welcome, Tim. <laughs> that rules, guys. Um, those are it. that's it for marketing hero. What do we think? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I like it. Marketing I like it a lot. Hero. Oh well. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, I do have another question for you guys. Um, I want to talk about HubSpot a little more. Um, we 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 touched on the fact that a lot of these companies we deal with are scattered. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe different softwares they're already using that aren't doing the trick, and they came to us because they just bought HubSpot now, and they they want to know everything you can do with it. Do you guys have any examples? Yeah, I'm yeah. cutting this whole section. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I started talking, and I'm a little confused. Examples of so what? I just examples. kept hoping you would come to me. Yeah, so he was waiting for us to come and rescue him. I was, I was, did you not yeah. see the plea in my eyes? Um, okay, so I, I think what we're talking about here are examples of clients who come to us who have been Frankensteining their Thank you. marketing together. Right? right I, I will leave this. In. It was funny. I, everyone can watch me or listen to me crash and burn. <laughs> I would say there's a, a two different types of clients across the board. The people who are trying to become familiar and comfortable with it, their digital marketing. And so they've slowly been building it and slowly been building a team. And when they do that, what happens is they get things piecemeal. This is how the Frankenstein happens, right? Yeah. Because at first they decide, okay, you know, maybe they first have a website and then they realize that, you know, they are going to need an email, you know, an email automation, maybe not even automation. They know that they need something like MailChimp or Constant Contact or Exact Target or Part or all those things. Some of those, they're usually some of the smaller scale email software. So then they have, then they have that. They get those working together. You know, some people have a landing page tool, but a lot of people don't even get as far as realizing they need a landing page. But you see how it happens, right? It just builds on one tool at a time. Now all of a sudden they've got a budget and they're maybe doing pretty well and their marketing is all over the place. I mean, literally, like very <laughs> spread out, and then you run into multiple databases, and then they've got a CRM. So all of a sudden, it's every place. So then and then they, remembering a login for all of those different software, login for all of those, <laughs> and then they're trying to integrate them, and then they, you know, have all these IT issues and all this kind of stuff. So we've got clients like that who are the people who get really excited 
about HubSpot because when you tell them, okay, we can actually do all of this from one place, you know, they love that. And then there would be the other, the other group I would say are the people who just don't really have any of the tools, which is kind of what we love too, because then we can get them started on a clean slate. We always spend time when we're migrating databases and things like that, doing a lot of those re-engagement campaigns to stale lists and things like that. We kind of spend a month or two cleaning, cleaning up that, but it makes a huge difference. We had, here's a great example. Mm. A recent client who came to us. I'm going to try to guess in my head. I'm You'll say know it exactly loud. who it is. Okay. <laughs> Marketing spread out, have some uh, partners that promote their product, have some things oh. featured on even on other sites. We got them set up on HubSpot. We got everything. Um, we we're able to set up an integration even with their this commercial partner of theirs mm. that they you were know, using Paired Pardot. The uh, the um the partner company the, yes that the was a very was you know what that might be worth talking so, about let's just okay. talk that through so sure. okay so I can do it without you know mentioning who it is right, but I can just sure. tell you that we have, have a company that has it's just a unique situation that I think it was interesting we were able to solve for I think it's worth talking about yeah okay so we have a client that we put onto HubSpot from you know just moving them onto HubSpot getting mm-hmm. them set up in there for all of their building their new website needs. on HubSpot did we even touch on that you can host your website too like, yeah host your <laughs> website I, we're, so we're doing the the website so uh, the byproduct of that for them was that they could do all these other things. That the main move was getting their website on it. So now there's all these other tools available. So they have um, a commercial partner that they that who promotes their app. They are a software company, and from this landing page, they were you know going through the old school, collecting information there. They get a couple leads on this page every single day. But then the person who worked over there would collect them and send them over about once a week. And then they need to go through them, vet them. The sales guy needs to get in touch with them. Anyway, we had a conversation about it's this. It's a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, in a, in a digital space and you're filling out digital forms, you know, you don't, want, you don't want to get something a week later. You don't even remember the form that you filled out, right? So you want to have something, that a follow-up right away. Not only a follow-up, mm-hmm. but most relevant follow-up to the person who in that moment was just interested right now i do want to know more about this it's a very bottom of funnel page too it's like a if i recall it was like let's schedule a meeting to talk about the product right it's a i believe it's a it's either i think they call it contact us but it's basically to schedule a, a demo yeah so anyway we set up an integration between their landing page and the client's hubspot to put it into a list set up a workflow to have the person added to a list, trigger an email to let the salesperson know, and trigger an email to the person who filled out the <laughs> form with a link to the salesperson's calendar. So within an hour of us having this up and functioning, not only did someone fill out the form, get the trigger email, and schedule a demo, he had that demo that afternoon and made a sale. Oh, Boom. wow. That's yeah. cool. Proof of concept right there. Right. That's and and what's cool is it's something that, yeah, we had to work through it and solve it, but now it's just automated from here on out. It's mm-hmm. just their new way of life is just, oh, my phone's ringing. Oh, let me, I have a demo yep. this afternoon. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. The rules. We removed like a week and seven steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, and then emailing back and forth when you could have something yeah. triggered for you. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Needless to say, they were psyched. 
What about that's awesome, Tim and Matt? So sometimes, like you guys have different clients that Raquel and I might be working on. Do you guys have any stories similar to that, where just like you were able to like solve someone's problem that you didn't even know was a problem that existed, and maybe you used HubSpot or a different tool to make it happen? Do you have anything that comes to mind? I could talk. Yeah, one yeah, of our clients. Um, so we actually just talked about it the other day. So they have this this landing page. Their bottom of the funnel landing page is similar to what you just talked about. It's it's schedule a call, right? And they have this whole convoluted internal sales process where like their marketing team vets it first, and they kind of go through a process before then they assign it randomly to a salesperson. But whatever. Um, <laughs> but the, the the page wasn't converting, and it had like it had decent site traffic not converting, and and we we were generating a PPC campaign on a, on paid search, and that was generating a lot of clicks, no conversions. And we had these nurturing emails to our existing content. It was getting a decent amount of clicks, no conversion. So like, okay, we're getting good activity, good engagement. We're not getting people to convert on the site. Problem is the landing page. It's right. Be. So it's, yeah, that's what we figured out. It's got to be a problem with the landing page and the messaging. And the messaging was all around, um, it's, it's like qualifying the person. It's not, it's, it's not very friendly. It's kind of like if you're, if you're X, Y, and Z, um, we'd like to talk to you. And it's sort of like... It's if sort of not, like, get out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, and it's, there's like a little bio about who the company was. And um, it, it's like a good landing page should be very clear up front what the ask is and what you're going to get if you fill out, the, fill out the form, no matter what it is. Sure. Whether it's a piece of content and you give you know the bullet points of what's there or if it's a demo or a call or whatever, like in 15 minutes, we can help you do X, Y, and Z. And that was missing from the page. So we met as a team and brainstormed some new language the form had too many, um, uh, what do you want to call it? The fields. Fields, right? So, like, okay, let's clean How up some many? of that. Just what? That's a good thing to ask. Like, what? What do you think the ideal is? Like, I, I, the first, less last the better. Email? The clients will push oh, back on it. I'm I like, agree. First name, last name, email, mm-hmm. right? Um, Company, if you have to. Yeah, the clients are like, oh, we really want this or that, and like, mm-hmm. okay, but just so you know, like, and every just because field... you can add like yeah. anything you want, basically, and then some, it's like, well, you can get that over time. Progressive profiling right. yeah. is mm-hmm. a great way sure. to do it. It's worth mentioning too. A major thing that we talked about because now I, I I know exactly what what we're talking about <laughs> um, was that uh, so so the client was concerned about their sales team getting unqualified leads because their sales team was just not used to doing their own qualification. Like basically they were, they were confirming that these leads, they they were doing all the sales development work. The marketing team was for the sales team and they were trying to accomplish it by having these kind of exclusionary bullet points on the page being like, are you a leader who is interested in this and manages this many people? Well, fill out this form. And what we ultimately, and Tim, I think you're the one that said this, is that... Probably. Yeah, probably. Is that, <laughs> Wait, was it smarter than... Yeah, that, that came from me. <laughs> it's, it's much easier to refine targeting than to expand targeting. So what we were saying to them, I think this might have come up on the call or you might have just said it to me or it might have just been from our conversation, but was, well, okay, you don't want too many leads for them to handle if some of them aren't good, but right now you're getting none. So why don't we cast a wider net? And if it's too wide, if your salespeople are getting totally spent on qualifying these and wasting time, then we'll dial it in. You can slowly gate it from there. But wouldn't you rather have – let's let's think about going fishing. Would you rather spend all day trying to catch that perfect fish or do you want to catch 30 fish and two of them are amazing? 
Yes, the second one. Yes. Um, so, we, so we did that. We presented the new landing page with new copy on the, on the left with the bullets and what they get if they do this demo call, reduce the amount of fields, um, and launched it. The client loved it. And if it hadn't been in four weeks prior to that, no conversions. And it converted the next day. New lead. That rules. Boom. How's Boom. it been doing since still? I haven't consistent? checked. It's only about two days ago. So. Oh, really? Yeah, no, this, yeah. was, this, was, this, was, this just happened. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That rules. We should make this a regular segment where we think of something like awesome we did and we just kind of brag on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, here's a question. What's your fa- it doesn't have to be marketing related. What's your favorite app on your phone? Ooh. Ooh, that's a hard one Ooh. to be honest. I played two dots way too much. Right now, Ooh, Bumble. I used to have that. That's good. Really addictive. I need to stop. It's a problem. I think I gotta look at my phone, and you can't say like Instagram or Facebook. Or Can whatever. I say Spotify? Yeah, you know what? I think that's a good answer. Unequivocally, Spotify. It's so worth it. It's so worth a paid subscription. Ah, that's especially I'm not an Apple Music guy, though. So mm, I'm sorry. Why? <laughs> Who hurt you? <laughs> Man, I have a bunch of like what I would call like aspirational apps, like apps that I plan to use but never have, like a. Like Android has this digital well-being app that'll tell you like how much time you're spending on your phone and on different apps, and I never I never look at it, but I really should because I spend way too much time on my phone. Uh, let's see. Okay. So do, all right, let's let's narrow it down. Like, do you have like a secret app? Maybe that like only you have. I don't know if other people have this, but I'm going to tell you, I love. And Light's whole suite of apps. And Light. So, okay. so I make, like, this is where I make, uh, hold on, let me show you one, like, animated, um, moving water. Oh, I have that, Pixaloop. Light. Pixaloop, yep, so they have a couple of other ones, too. So, for example, you can see the rain I've added like here. Like that, I made fake oh, snow. Dude, that's cool. Isn't that neat? I'm downloading that. The only thing so. is it's like a SaaS thing, and I just canceled mine because I wasn't doing it. So it was like $4 a month, I think. It's really version. cool. It like, oh, really? Maybe there's I should get that. There's a free version, and then there's like pro features. So if, if so you at home are interested, have, what could you say the full name for everyone? So if you go to the App Store and look for Pixaloop, yeah. but it's made by Enlight, and they have a whole bunch of other apps. So they also have um, this one, let's see, which is, we've got PhotoFox and QuickShot, and there's some other ones. And too. these are a great way for like if you're starting an Instagram, it might be a, like something that's out of the ordinary because you can like animate a photo in a way. That's what I use it for, anyways. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like makes a picture pop that might just be a cool picture on its own, but like you can add like the clouds moving in the background, just that subtle like, wow, there's something going on here. Or you can like change the clouds. So we've got this, and look, I could just go, oh, actually, I want it to be like a blue sky. Or so she's. Trading out the, it's cool. You yeah. can like trade That's out amazing. the background of a real photo. I took it's this gnarly. picture. Check it out in uh, Sticky's Homer Iceland, and I'm just All changing right. the sky. And That's we are not crazy. sponsored by any of these apps. I know you might think it, but I'd be open to it. All <laughs> <Yeah>, right, <laughs> oh, I got a random one. That's way less. Okay. That's way less exciting. <laughs> There's an app called UV Lens. Uh, so I use this because I uh, I burn easily. Uh, there, it's uh, it's called UV lens. You look it up, and it tells you not only the UV index at the moment, Whoa. but the UV index projected throughout the day. And you can it, it, you can answer questions for it about your own skin type, and it will tell you how long you can be in the sun without 
any kind of protection on. There literally is an app for everything. That's the answer for me. Two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are longer than I think. It's like, you can be in the sun for 46 minutes and I'm like, that's what you think. Mm. Uh, (laughs) We can do a whole episode on apps. God, we can. I actually use it all the time. Tim, did you have one? You haven't gone. I do, yeah. Um, I feel like some people know about this app, but not enough people call it Hotel Tonight. Do you guys Mm -hmm. guys use that one? I don't know if I do. So hotels, basically, they want to fill their room. Any, Any open room they have is them losing money. Right, so with hotel tonight, they they try to fill last minute reservations. I'm talking like nine, ten o'clock at night. Um, I mean, it's open twenty four seven, but that's when you see, that's when you see the best deals. So I, I did a cross country road trip, and we would just whenever we got to our destination city, seven eight o'clock at night, we just book our hotel then, thinking like we'll just do it when we get there. And we're staying in like you know the Sheridan for like forty bucks or something. Does Holy it ever crap. burn you like if you rely on it? Yes, it does. <laughs> it's like, not English story. So it's like it's it's hit or miss, right? Because there's a risk that you don't know. Okay, I don't know where I'm staying tonight. I don't know how much it's going to cost me. And it, it almost always works out. But when it doesn't, for example, a couple of years ago, I went to Gettysburg on a little road trip. Um, for I'm, his I'm a, Civil War reenactment, <laughs> World War II. I was on my way to Nashville <laughs> doing cool things like that. Just kidding, but. But little did I know that it happened to be Gettysburg College Parents Weekend, so every hotel room was booked, oh, no. except for like the four hundred dollars suite in the nicest hotel in downtown. <laughs> so I had to pay for that. But I mean, that's the risk you take. Yeah. But it's only ever really worked out for me, so it's a great app. Cool. So for mine, uh, I'm sure a lot of people know about it, but I use it, you know, three or four times a week. It's called Strava. And I am a very avid mountain biker, but it's good for runners too. So I have it paired to my Apple Watch and I can see my average speed, how fast I'm going. It's like a, instead of a heads up display, it's a wrist up display. You can track distance too. It tracks your distance. It'll give you a map of where you went. Um, You can create routes. So like when you're out on the trail, you can see if like, oh, there's actually a trail right here that I've never done before. And it's mapped out for you if you pop open the app and all your friends after they're done with a ride, it like makes its own Instagram feed. So you can scroll through people's rides and like give it kudos instead of likes. So like my last ride was eight miles. Uh, My friend Tyler just did a a ride at... Well, I guess that's fake because he did it on a trainer, but still. It's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Does anyone have any more apps before we move on? Or? Well, I, think we all went. I mean, there's so many. There's, there's so, so many, many right? So like many. you said, we could do a whole episode. Um, this one's ambiguous, and it might be hard to answer on the spot, but I wrote it down, so I'm going to say it. Do you have... And shoot. It, I might have asked this on the last episode. Your biggest marketing secret? That's a broad question. It's very broad. Yeah. It is. I don't know that I... Is there let me let me refine it. If is there one answer to every single business no matter what that they're probably not doing that they should be doing? Go. Yes. Have a strategy. Okay. I'm serious. Everybody wants the quick fix, wants the quick plan, they get on social, they want to post a bunch of stuff. There's no plan behind it. They haven't researched any um, hashtags or industry relevant um, feeds or anything like that. You know, there's, there's no plan behind the engagement. I, I mean, I'm just isolating one one thing, but by and large, when people are trucking away with their marketing and something's not sticking, it's because there's not. And strategy is just a fancy way to say a plan. Mm-hmm. Like if you have no plan and you're just winging it, sometimes stuff works really great, but. So would you like scrunch that down and maybe say like even just social media, make sure you're doing something twice a week. 
Just like stick say, to a regimen. Make sure you're yeah. sending a, a nurturing email once a week. Make sure you're doing also two posts on Facebook, two posts on Twitter. Like and a blog post. And a blog post. Honestly, right there is a huge start. If you could actually do like that, like honestly, we don't even do that. And we're a marketing agency who preaches this to all of our clients. Like We're trying to do it for as many people as we can. And yeah. what, what are the... Um, the, the cobbler's children has no shoes. That's always us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's very, that's very, when you're doing it for, yeah, a ton of different clients a day, it's kind of hard to do your own. I'm going to agree with Raquel. Cause like we work with a lot of like, you know, VPs of marketing or CEOs of small companies or whatever, marketing managers. And they tend to be too focused on the, the day-to-day deliverables of like, okay, Oh, I, this blog post has to be perfect. Or like going back and forth on like the wording of a Facebook post or something like that and getting in the weeds of that kind of stuff. And, and you get too focused on that and like, okay, what's the next thing I have to do for them? What's the next thing that I got to show the quick result for? But it's, they, you tend to see them not looking at the bigger picture strategy, which is what we try to position ourselves as, as heroes for, Mm. um, that stuff like, okay, like you're not going to see your result today or like, you're not going to see, like, we're talking about something that we're not going to implement for three months, but we got to start talking about it today. And, and you don't, you're not seeing that manifest itself in any kind of result or something that you can show your superior this week or even this month. So like they're, no, they're under pressure and I get it, but you got to have a strategy and you got to start planning as soon as possible. I want to go back to what you said about like, if they're just like really hung up on the wording of a blog post, whereas that one blog post takes you two or three weeks when you could have had maybe four blog posts and just like gathering so much more traffic to your site with maybe the two sentences they wanted to change made you like not get two two more blog posts out mm-hmm. that's such a shock to me it's like get it out it's, yeah. Yeah. you can go back and edit you're better off having some kind of a plan that you're following consistently if you're doing a little bit of something every single week that is so much better than coming out of nowhere every couple of months and like thinking the there's blog posts. and thinking yeah. that there's going to be any traction with that. And yeah. no, no one's going to notice your perfect blog post, right? Mm-hmm. No. Somebody gave me a really good uh, analogy for this once. It was me? It, 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 it wasn't. Was, it, was, it wasn't Larry. It wasn't Larry. <laughs> I know who it was, but it wasn't Larry. Larry's giving me good advice, though. He's a, he's a, he's a yeah, smart man. Right. Uh, yeah, not really. Uh, uh, I mean, we'd all rather have an A than a B plus, right? Or or we'd all rather have an A than a B, right? But we'd all rather have a B than a zero, right? It's better to have a B than to fail out of a class. So sometimes, suck it up and take the B. Like, deal deal with the (laughs) fact that not everything you put out is going to be Boy, that's the motto of my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I don't mean, I don't mean, and I'm not saying to, like, not put forth effort. I'm not saying to, like, half-ass anything. I don't know what kind of language... uh, you're, is half-ass cool? Half-ass is where we peak, and if you dare say anything other than that... All right, that's as bad as it gets. Badass is So, yeah, I'm not saying to like put forth half-effort. Always go for the A, but if there's something that's got to get out and it's not an A, but it's good... Put it out. Get it out and start working on get, the next one. Get the next B else. out. Absolutely. You get start B's out every you're week. Start before you ready. Yeah. I'll take four B's a month. Getting B's out every week, then like that then perfect A's, A yeah. once a month. Oh, yep. well, heck yeah. Yeah, you can't turn in one assignment of the semester and get an A plus and think you're going to pass the class. You didn't Whoa. do anything else. Yep, Guys, we happen. just solved, I think, world hunger, world peace, 
marketing global warming and uh this is the second and last podcast uh just take the b uh actually i have another one as yeah, a piece yeah, of advice that i would give so like i this isn't really a marketing trick but this is like i guess it might be a little bit but uh and actually raquel this comes partially from a conversation you and i had about uh, uh advice for a client get th- this and this is something that i've i've wanted to say to every cl- pretty much every client i've ever worked at and several of the uh talking really fast several of the executives uh at companies i've worked for in-house get out of your own head like, get out of your own head and talk to your customers and talk to your salespeople, talk to your community managers talk to the talk to your help team talk to your customer success find out who your customers are and what they actually want and get as close as possible to them to find it out because i see so many clients uh, and so many CEOs putting out, spending all of this work to produce content and communicate to their audience stuff that only matters to them and people that work at their company. So, like, you're, what I think maybe just condensing it into a sentence, it's like right towards a second grader, not your peers necessarily. Yeah, yeah, right towards your audience. Don't write, don't write for yourself. Find out what your audience yeah. wants. And what is useful to them and provide that. Nobody wants to – I mean if you think about it for two seconds, you know that you, at least I, don't follow any social media accounts just to hear about new product releases. You know, I mean unless it's unless it's like, I don't know, a guitar company I might care that they put out like a cool new guitar. But like that's a little different. You've got to be pretty well established to care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to be pretty well established. You know, Apple has people who care about their right. their product updates, but your no one SaaS is. Company, hey, hey, everybody, you're not Apple. Yeah, you're, oh, yeah. yeah. First, everybody of, wants. Yeah. Yep. You are not Apple. You are not Steve Jobs. Get out of your own head. I'd say eighty percent, and and this isn't a knock or anything, but eighty percent of our clients they come in and they want a new website, for instance. Uh, we're thinking something like Apple. <sighs> I know, and what I what I think at the root of that is is that they want to have the brand recognition of Apple in their industry. Mm-hmm. So they're Who looking. Who doesn't? Right? I mean, exactly. But yeah, I think same. it gets lost in the we want our website to actually look at this because it's maybe you know not tailored to their service based. Uh, business or you know what I mean it just it doesn't even work like that layout doesn't even work for them they're just shiny object we want to be that in our industry they don't even want to be apple of the globe they just want to be apple in like their niche but Raquel you don't understand our industry is different <laughs> oh yeah our company is different you ever hear but that from, Raquel? different yeah so yeah never heard that one uh well but it's it's complicated and it's different for us and so that would actually would be the other thing Make it simple. Yeah. Love it. K-I-S-S. Clarity (laughs) over clever, always. Clarity over clever. I like that. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Let's. Larry's like dropping the hammer on. No, no, you guys, this is great. I really enjoy doing these. Um, Let's just end it out and everyone say their favorite part of their day today. Mine was recording this podcast with you guys. Aww. Aww. That's really, that's really cute. That's it's actually this has been really fun. I'm into that. I'm into that too. 
I will say, uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of things that I did today that were kind of nice, uh, but also everybody needs to step it up, please. I'm sick of covering for this team. Help me eat that cake. Um. Our CEO, John, had a birthday the other day, and there's still some cake. And I don't know, every day I'm getting a piece of cake, and it looks like the only one that's missing is the one I had yesterday. So I'm going to need everybody to step it up. <laughs> All right, team. Team, I guess, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, my favorite part of the day is in five minutes when I have a piece of cake. So. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for your help. Um, I mean, this has been really great, but in all honesty, my favorite part of the day so far has been having coffee and morning snugs with Oz. Aw, I want a dog. Oz. Mm. All right, so this one's for all the dogs. Bye.